I will give a dramatic pause before I start talking about our podcast in Shatner style. <laughs> the podcast is here today. We'll talk about things that are relevant to beer and politics in Chicago, the nation, and the world. Welcome to Draft Politics. I am not Captain Kirk. Instead, I am Steve. And with me here, as always, it's TJ. <laughs> and a very, very Christmas yeah. Star Trek weird, I don't know, I honestly have no that's idea what's going on anybody, but we're here. I think that's, we've had two beers while finishing the outline before yes. recording. That's yes. really what it is. But uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year to you. Yes. Absolutely. Um, you know, when we were preparing to, to record today, it was kind of like, we need to go someplace different, someplace new. Um, this is not someplace new, but I looked this up. I think we have not been here since well before the pandemic. Wow. Okay. Um, so we are at Off Color, the mousetrap facility. Yes. Here. This is in River North. It's you know, pretty far down south from where we usually, we usually record. Um, it's right next. Uh, here's, here's the thing. Since the last time we were here... The I.O. Theater, which was an improv theater across the street, closed. The REI that was like half a mile away moved to next door. Okay. I mean, things have changed. Strip it's club is still strange. There. Well, that's good. As long as you got yeah. that, you know, uh, things it's a are staple. okay. It's a staple. Yeah. Um, but we're here at the Mousetrap. It's a really cool facility. It's right on the river. Um, it's uh, just kind of, you don't expect it. Um, and we've been outside. So the last time we were here, we sat outside, and it was nice out there. But we're inside. They've got a bunch of beers on tap. It's pizza pop-up day. Yeah, so we had trap. a slice of pizza to help take the edge off of our beers, uh, which is good because I started off with a, like, 12%. Uh, if you're familiar with the Dino S'mores uh, brand that they have, it is a high-octane, barrel-aged, delicious stout. Uh, but, yeah. What? You look. You looked in. Uh, EJ just looked in shock at his. Uh, it was uh, a glass. Uh, I'm guessing because it has a capybara. It, on it does have a capybara. Okay. On it. I mean, everything about Off Color. I really love everything they've done with their branding and their thinking about things. So, yeah. Um, and and their beers very much aligned to my tastes. Also, I appreciate their their cans of beer that they sell in like liquor stores and all that. Actually, list all of their ingredients. So, if you you know know somebody who has a little bit of a sensitivity to wheat, for example, you can see that there is wheat on the label and know to avoid that beer. So, yeah. very very handy. And but we'll get anyhow. back to the beer. Yes, but let's talk about what could the be things that drive us to drink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it was sort of this thing. This you know, in this period, you know, what do we call this podcast? Is this uh, we're now back to a completely legal podcast because that's all politics right now. Um, is it, you know, these last this last fortnight in Schadenfreude for people on the right that also could have worked, yes. uh, but there were so many options for people we dislike having a bad day. Yeah, and I feel like the easy win here for us to start off with would be Rudy Giuliani, who has been convicted for defamation and. Uh, 
will owe about 150 million dollars in damages right. uh, for his troubles. To, so yeah, yeah. To Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman, the the two election workers from Georgia, and look, the, the <laughs> we just need to pause for a moment and say the conviction happened a while ago, right? He was found in summary judgment because he didn't turn over anything in discovery. So they were saying, hey, we need to understand where your income comes from. And he's like, I'm just not going to give you any information about anything. Knowing. Judges like that, by the yeah. way. And there was no doubt that his lawyers knew that what was coming was a summary judgment. And so what happened was they impaneled the jury just to determine damages. So the question is, what was he so afraid to turn over in discovery that it was worth just getting summary judgment? Yeah. I mean, th- what uh, would you pay $150 million so that nobody would know about it? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, we'll probably find out in some other trial, but... Uh, or in two weeks when the Jeffrey Epstein names are released. Oh, boy. Oh, but boy. <laughs> don't want to conflate things here. So, uh, And, of course, you know, he was very defiant, America's mayor, out on the steps of the courthouse saying, well, they absolutely were criminals and proceeded to defame them in exactly the same way as he had before. Uh, and so he's being sued again. Yes. Um, and... All of this is so predictable and I would say a little sad. Yeah. Right? It's just a little sad. So the, the judge that's presiding over this cage, case is uh, Judge Beryl Howell. Uh, she had been the chief judge of the D.C. Circuit, um, but that's a rotating position. So you may have heard of her before uh, in some of the other cases related to documents, some of the other cases in D.C. because she was the chief judge. But now... She's presiding over this one. And it got to the point where she was just like, look, we've decided to go a monetary route, but that was not our only option. And like heavy subtext, pregnant pause, like, would you like to go to jail or do you want to shut the f*** up? Yeah. America's mayor. Uh, So we'll see what happens with that. But his immediate response was to uh, to go on Newsmax and say more about it. Right. And uh, Newsmax, I think there was a couple other places where he did interviews and basically continued to defame them as you would expect. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so they've got the follow up uh, lawsuit uh, that is seeking a permanent injunction and basically right. just like we're not worried about they're not worried about the money. They just want him to just shut the f- up. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully, I- hopefully he will shut the f- up. And then, of course, I mean, just as a general thing, like whatever about this, but I would just like him to shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is your shut the fuck up break. <laughs> Brought to you by Steve bleeping everything. Yeah, exactly. Brought to you by the bleep button. Bleep button. When somebody says shut the fuck up far too many times. <laughs> I'm going to uh, hate myself tomorrow when I have to do all this editing. <laughs> well, you reap what you sow, <laughs> which may may have been the title of this episode because we are definitely in the find out phase of all of the f- around areas. <laughs> so he immediately then filed for bankruptcy. Which is funny because he filed for bankruptcy, but here's the thing. Um, you can't discharge debts related to willful and malicious injury, which is what we're talking about with defamation. So I'm not really sure how that helps him at all. 
it may get him out of paying for his lawyers, which would be a very Trump move. Don't get me wrong. That but, is true. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure what the theory is there, but um, he has filed for bankruptcy. He's estimated to have. He's so when he's like filling out the bankruptcy paperwork, uh, he checked the box for one to ten million dollars in assets. One to ten. I like that. There's a box for this, right? Yes. It's like I mean, I'm five assuming. to twelve dollars, <laughs> right? It's just thirteen. Like, it's to just like a multi-select <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> on your web form. Just go down there. How old are you? What's your mental capacity remaining? Yeah. The the one advantage it does give him is that all of the payment and stuff is supposed to be stayed until the resolution of things. So right. So it just delays, you know. So yes. so with any luck for him, he'll die by then. And, yes. and I'm just saying for him because no, actually, I'm, I'm actually just generally. I think I'd be very lucky for the universe. Um, so there's that, and then all of his assets in his estate can go to those. Yeah, people. exactly. His uh, his uh, condos in New York and Palm Beach. So that was the, the are his condos in New York in the Trump Tower? I don't think so. Okay. But maybe, who knows? It wouldn't surprise me. No, it wouldn't. I mean, I know it's mostly like Russian oligarch money in the Trump Tower, but, you know, whatever. It's the best kind of oligarch money. Oligarch money, money. yeah. <laughs> we, so. like, we like our American oligarch money in San Francisco, I think. Speaking of Trump, uh, do you want to, like, announce this? Or do I, like, I, I feel like... I'm very excited by this. But you're, but you're from Colorado. That's right? true. So I do so have I that think connection. This should okay. be your so for the moment, Trump is not on the ballot in Colorado because of the 14th Amendment, which uh, has a clause in it against people who have engaged in insurrection being allowed to be running for office. And the history of this goes back to the Civil War because they didn't think it was too cool for, you know, people who had been on the losing side of the civil war to run for office yeah uh (laughs) so it's interesting um it has been appealed to the supreme court the uh the ruling is not set to take place until january 4th right it stayed so it doesn't take effect (coughs) yeah so the the colorado supreme court uh, all of whom were appointed by Democratic governors. Although what I learned this week is that there is a bipartisan sort of nomination process. So a bipartisan group of people have to nominate the judges that then can be appointed, yeah. which is you know a, a little in-between kind of way. They're not a left-wing cabal. Uh, but, you know, they had to determine a couple of things. You know, one, if... They believed that Donald Trump, you know, met the qualifications of giving aid and comfort or inciting an insurrection or participating in an insurrection. B, was he an officer of the United States? And there was this kind of third thing. Did they have jurisdiction? And, uh, you know, the previous court had found that, yes, he had engaged in an insurrection. But that, and they had jurisdiction, jurisdiction. But he wasn't an officer of the United of the United States or under the United States, which is really an interesting. It's an interesting question. It's it's nuance yeah. of law that I you know I don't really understand, and and it's why law is interesting, right? Because it's got to be interpreted. Um, but of course, his lawyer said, well, he never would have 
you know, sworn an oath to protect the Constitution. Why would he do that? <laughs> like that was their that was a big part of their argument. And so the the final ruling was not unanimous, and the dissent was about either do they actually have standing here? Um, was there due process? And I think the other one is he actually an officer? Like so, there was some de- de- dissent. It was a four to three ruling, and the actual ruling was not that he violated that Fourteenth Amendment. It was that they believe he did, and so the other laws in Colorado prevent ineligible people from being on the ballot. Yeah. Right? So, it's again, it's nuanced. There are a couple layers here, because they could have found, if there were no law in Colorado that said he ineligible people couldn't be on the ballot, then they could have found that all to be true, and he could have <coughs> still been on the ballot. Which is a weird thing to think, like, theoretically, a place where it's like, oh, you can be on the belt if you're ineligible. Like, what? Again, I don't know. (laughs) I haven't haven't gone through and looked at the laws in all 50 states. Um, But very interesting. And um, the other thing that that you noted in the outline that I think is a really good point is that the 14th Amendment does allow Congress to essentially remove the the stain from somebody with a two-thirds vote. Yes. Yes. And given, and given how effective they've been, we'll get to that. Yeah, I exactly. don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah. And so this will go to SCOTUS. Who knows, right? Like, who knows? Uh, yeah. And I think it's, you know, there are, I'm sure there are many people who will be like, well, you know, it's a conservative court and it's an easy thing. They all love Trump. They're all, like, most of them were appointed by Trump. Honestly, like, I, I keep coming back to the Supreme Court people on there that Trump put in power are McConnell people. They're not Trump people. And so how they fall on things may be quite different. And I think, I, I don't have no idea how this is going to play out. Like, I've, I suspect, if I was going to put my money on it, I would put them on overturning the Colorado ruling, but I have no idea what grounds or anything like that. <laughs> I think mostly uh, existential fear and cynicism. I think those are the big... yes. Yeah. So, um, and they're in, I think, the Tenth Circuit. So I don't know which of the judge justices oversees the Tenth Circuit. Do you? I have no idea. Okay. Well, we'll figure that out. We'll figure uh, that out. That'll be in our uh, on our follow up podcast. I'll figure it out before. Okay. That. Okay. Good. So while he's looking that up, uh, the Trump campaign, their statement on this was. Uh, Surprisingly grounded in the law and very moderate. So let me let me read this to you. Hmm. Unsurprisingly, the all-Democrat appointed Colorado Supreme Court has ruled against President Trump, supporting a Soros-funded, gotta throw a little anti-Semitism in there, left-wing group scheme to interfere in an election on behalf of crooked Joe Biden by removing President Trump's name from the ballot and eliminating the rights of Colorado voters to vote for the candidate of their choice. First of all, it's primary. So really, you're taking that, you're, you're handing it over to that corrupt uh, Vivek, I assume. But anyhow. I think he's, he's uh, recently uh, endorsed flat earth theory. Who? Which one? Uh, Vivek. Okay. Or do you mean which flat earth theory? Well, I mean, I, I, I assume there's only, well, yeah. I don't know. There, there's probably yeah. multiple. Um, 
And so, of course. What is the answer to the question? Uh, oh, it's uh, Neil Gorsuch. Neil oh, Gorsuch. Okay, so, well, that's going. Because that means, well, <laughs> I mean, it just means, you know, there could be an emergency appeal. Um, he could choose yeah, the, to do something with it or send it to the en banc. The thing that gets a little interesting here is that with uh, the deadline for printing coming so soon, the Supreme Court may most likely, I'm guessing, they're going to stay it just to, like, have time to process it. But And if they stay it, then presumably his name will be on the ballot, but then maybe it'll be involved. I have no idea. Frankly, yeah. we're in uncharted waters, everybody, because normally our presidents don't try to overthrow our government. Yeah. And I think that's actually what the Supreme Court of Colorado said. We are in uncharted waters. Yes. Which got them uh, a lot of respect and a flood of death threats. Yes. Because this is all reasonable. All reasonable. And so this kind of leads me to this point-counterpoint. Like, okay, what do you think about this ruling? Good or bad? Like, what's your... I... I had mixed feelings about it, but I've come around to thinking it is a good ruling. And here's the, and with, with some context to it, is that what, what kind of, what I get concerned about is, okay, well, there hasn't been a, tr- like, there hasn't been, like, uh, a real adjudication of this. It's just one, one court in one state. And that's, I feel like, that's how our system, our system is supposed to work. So Colorado has decided... You can't be on the ballot for, for reasons that we have outlined. There's 49 other states who will all have their decisions on this, and we've already right. had several that have contemplated this and said he stays on the ballot. You know, I think that what I would like to see out of our Supreme Court is come back and say, you know, basically take a very narrow ruling here and say the Supreme Court in Colorado's ruling stands for the state of Colorado because that's all that it really affects. And, and move on. Yeah. Because there's not, like, really what I feel like we need is some more developed, like, legislation on this, but we're not going to get there. We're not going to have anybody sit down. Because how often does this come up? I mean, now. It should be, never. And then if Trump wins, never again, because he'll be for our, for our forever God King. Oh, uh, that's, that's true. Um, I, you know, I do feel like there... There are some real arguments to be made that it's weird for a state to do it because it's an amendment to the Constitution and it's yeah. self-enforcing. And so, so it should be automatic then. It should be automatic. But there's no clear map right. for how to adjudicate it. Exactly. So that's where I think the, the Supreme Court is really interesting. I also think, and I want to get your take on this, like, I could see an argument for double jeopardy or the the premise of double jeopardy applying here, even though double jeopardy is supposed to be a criminal only. But and it's also where the bonus values go up to sixteen hundred dollars for the round. But anyhow, go yeah, on. <laughs> nice, exactly. So here's my perspective on that: the penalty here for you know the penalty sort of outlined in the Fourteenth Amendment is that you can no longer hold office. Yes. Which is a core part of the impeachment penalty. And so if someone has been impeached and not convicted, and I don't want to echo Trump talking points, but I think that there is a point to be made that, like, if the penalty is the same for the same activities, isn't that at least in the spirit of double jeopardy? 
No. <laughs> okay, well, you heard it here first. I mean, I get what you're getting at, but like, I think it's like it's two. It is two separate things, right? And it is is it is like double jeopardy is you're literally being tried for a specific criminal statute in court, and this is like completely its own thing and it's the more esoteric parts of our constitution which uh, you know I mean we know they exist here's the thing the reality of this is Trump will be the nominee for the Republican Party and he will be on the ballot in at least 49 states come uh, November and the and if he if he spontaneously loses Colorado because he's not on the ballot, he was going to lose Colorado anyhow. Yeah. So I'm not. I, I don't like. I don't like. This doesn't move the needle as far as like. No, it doesn't. You know, our our it does move the needle fascism, in terms of precedent, right? So yes. If if the Supreme Court does not find as a matter of law that Donald Trump engaged in an insurrection. What leave does that give other states to do it? Yeah, right? I can't imagine that the that the Supreme Court is going to make any adjudication on whether he engaged in insurrection or not. But the adjudication has already been made by the Colorado Supreme right. Court, right? So basically, so they would have what to I, reject that. Premise. Well, they're gonna. So I can see a couple of different ways. One, they could nar- narrowly say basically Colorado's ruling for Colorado, whatever. They could say. That's not how this works, and come up with their own mechanism for like how this works. But like, I don't imagine them touching the adjudication itself. Like they it, could set it, up like, here's how you would do this. If they don't touch it, it remains the precedent. But only for Colorado because no. it's a Colorado. Well, hold on, it's a Colorado Supreme Court. It doesn't matter. Why not? It doesn't matter because the appeal. Once it's Tune into our to legal the, podcast. Yeah, exactly. Once it's appealed to the Supreme Court, they have to choose which facts to uphold well, no, or they can reject. just simply refuse to hear it. They could, and if they refuse to hear it, then it's, but only for Colorado because it's state color, state of Colorado. It has no, it wouldn't roll up. But the facts involved don't impact Colorado, and this is why it's so thorny, right? So you could say in Michigan, but yeah, it's the exact same facts. The Supreme Court couldn't then come back and say, well, those facts were true in Colorado, but they're not true in Michigan because what happened happened in D.C. But they could. So Michigan could go. I, I don't know. You yeah, know what? Here's the thing. Yeah, we don't. Neither know. one of us actually knows. No. So God, I should have gone for the 12 percent beer. My <laughs> arguments would have been much better. Uh, they have a beer here called uh, a beer for dealing with your family. That's like very high octane and it is simply a malt liquor. And I and I love that. But that's a separate thing, unrelated, possibly. No, I mean um, they're all our family. But as speaking of family, as an aside, I do somewhat enjoy the fact that Trump is not on the ballot in Colorado because I have family in Colorado who has historically voted for Trump, and it sort of just simplifies uh, conversations over the holidays because he's not somebody they could vote for even if they wanted to, yeah. at least for the moment, and that's good enough for me. Are you just going to walk into that party and say, "So Haley or Vec?" Right, right. It's going to be. How about uh, Chris Christie? Could we get you some Chris Christie like literature to bring with you and just drop off there? Yeah, I hate that. I'm like, hey, Chris Christie, he wouldn't be horrible. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if Chris Christie is the best option of the Republican Party right now, that tells you where we're at. Actually, uh, Haley is probably the best option. So that aside, but 
They're all terrible. They're all terrible. Uh, so uh, it's continuing on the sort of legal things, um, the D.C. trial is kind of paused right now. Yes. Because of the immunity stuff. And this was great. Like, you know, the Trump lawyers filed all these motions to dismiss because of absolute presidential immunity. Chutkin's like, no, man, you're not a king. Here's 43 pages of why this is total bunk. And Trump's like, we got to go to the Supreme Court. They're going to tell me that I'm immune. And Jack Smith's like, that's a great idea. I let's, love that Jack Smith is just like cutting him off at the pass. Like, let's let's hear what the Supreme let's, Court has to say. Let's do that. And they're like, whoa, 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 right. whoa, whoa. And what's amazing is that, like, so Jack Smith petitioned to both the D.C. Circuit and the Supreme Court. Like, somebody's going to take this thing, right? Anybody? Let's just get this done. We got to get this done. This is important. And the circuit's like, yeah, uh, you're, I'm, you're right. Let's let's file some things. Trump's lawyer's like, first of all, and I'm not making this up. Jack Smith is the Grinch. In the filing from Trump's lawyers, they cite the Grinch who stole Christmas. That Jack Smith (laughs) was trying to ruin their holiday by making them file things over Christmas. I, uh, I've been waiting for uh, the Who's and Whoville to file an amicus right, brief. Right. I've not gotten the Whoville amicus. But, I, I mean, when you say this is where we're at these days, it's the Grinch who stole democracy. Please tell me that their entire filing rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think it, I don't think it did. Um, but then they, they said, like, hey, circuit court. You can't move that fast because you're not smart enough to understand this topic. Yeah. I mean, it was essentially, you guys are too dumb to move this quickly. You're going to need more time to understand whether or not a president can break the law for yeah. any reason. Like, I, and, and here's the other interesting about this whole line of, of argument. So, like, if you take that to a full extreme, I guess that means Biden could be president until he wants to not be president. Could he cancel the elections? Why not? Right? He can't break the law. Uh, so it's yeah. It's that's the thing. Like the whole immunity thing is like, if if ultimately the Supreme Court said yes, presidential has unquestioned immunity against anything. Like, cool. Biden should immediately co- declare himself dictator and just do that. And yeah. you know what? Like, I am I am a hundred percent against the notion of a dictator. But if somebody's going to declare themselves dictator, I want him to be in his 80s when he does it. That's true. <laughs> and overall, not not too offending. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we could have like a, well, I mean, sometimes he, you know, pays Besides, his son's car loan off. But he makes the trains run on time. So, you know, it all fits. It all, it all fits. <laughs> um, here was the other thing I thought was really interesting. So, you know, you've got the Save America Pack or the Make America White Again Pack, whatever they call it these yes. days. And then there's a separate legal fund. It's been in place for just about a year. How much money do you think the legal fund has raised in a year? Uh, zero? No, it's more than that. Okay. A hundred. $1.5 million. $1.5 million. <laughs> One million of that was from a single donor. Interesting. And who was that donor? Um, it's a it's a living trust that's in Florida that's super aligned with QAnon and things like that. Oh, uh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. 
It's nobody flat, normal. The flat earthers. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that really tells you, you know, when you think about the money that is being spent on legal bills in Trump world, yeah, people are not paying for that thinking that they're paying for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's all being taken out of yeah. campaign funds. Well, and here's the thing that gets interesting is once Trump is the nominee, which, you know, barring, you know, a comet strike at this point is going to happen, everybody who's connected to Republican Party politics wants him to win at that point. And so there will be all kinds of money pouring in to help him. It's, you know, it's not, I don't think it's that, that cut and dried. Not yeah. that I have that much hope, because I, I think most people think he won't win. I think, you know, people talk about that's, polls aside. That's not what I hear. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I think, I, you know, we could talk about how bad all of the legal stuff is yeah. for Donald Trump. And it is fun to talk about. It makes you feel good to realize that his civil fraud trial in New York has gone horribly for him. Um, they paid, you know, speaking of legal bills, $800,000 for a witness uh, to go up there who immediately was smacked down by the judge, who's the sole decider in this, there's no jury, and said, like, you know, it's funny, if you pay somebody a million dollars, people say whatever you want them to say. You know, and, like, I'm a fairly ethical person, I feel like, mostly. If you paid me $800,000, I'd say an awful lot of things. I absolutely <laughs> would. I absolutely would. Find um, us on Patreon. No, just kidding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we don't have Patreon. Uh, so, like, that's going poorly for him. Closing arguments are going to be next year. Yeah. That's, there's going to be a big disgorgement. The E. Jean Carroll case. Um, here's another place where he's already been found guilty. This is about damages. Um, his lawyer, Elena Haba. And this is another person we can laugh at, right? And th- this week was like, hey, actually... Uh, Donald Trump's immune from everything. Total presidential immunity. And the court's like, bitch, you needed to have brought that up three years ago. Why didn't you bring that up three years ago? Yeah. Like, I, what, should I have brought that up? Like, unbelievable how bad she is. And at the same time, she's proud of how bad she is. She is proud of it. So she got sanctioned. I don't know if everybody remembers this when they sued uh, Hillary Clinton and I don't know, this whole collection of people and they were sanctioned. They were forced to pay a million dollars in sanctions for really terrible legal stuff. She was at, I don't know, some conservative fuck fest turning point USA or one of those things. And got up on stage and was like, you guys probably don't know this, but we were sanctioned a million dollars for listen, for vexatious, you know, litigation. That That's not a good thing. No. That's no. not a good thing. And now we've got reporting that she befriended somebody who was suing one of Trump's uh, golf courses and got that person to sign a story stupid settlement agreement while lying to her about whether or not she was representing the president. And so she's probably going to lose her, her license in New Jersey at the same time of being sanctioned again and having to pay this person yeah. who was raped by her manager yeah. at the golf course 
and she convinced her to take a $15,000 settlement. Yeah. Because we're best friends. Uh-huh. We're best friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Mark Meadows, uh, his appeal to try to get his case removed from Georgia because uh, being a federal officer, also smacked down. I mean, just not, not great legal front for all those folks. Does it mean anything? I don't know. I don't know. No idea. But it does make me feel any, good any, for the holidays. Yes. Any, any cheese bro updates? Uh, he's still on his, his, his countrywide tour. He's <laughs> in Arizona. He's in Michigan. Hey, where do you want me to help? I'm the cheese. You know, I like it when the cheese is moved. Do you want me to cooperate in Michigan? I'm in. You want me to cooperate in Arizona? Yeah, sure. Let me do it. And some some reporting I heard from much smarter people said, like, well, the whole reason he's doing this is because his lawyer went on national television and said that he broke the law. And at that point, he kind of had to cooperate with everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kind of has to cooperate. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, I wasn't sure where to fit this into our, our agenda, but I just felt like it was worth... I, I describe it as today's moment of creeping fascism. So uh, President Trump recently had remarks about immigrants poisoning the blood of the country. This, um, was, after, this was two weeks after the vermin quote. Yes, two weeks way. after the vermin quote. And, uh, and if you uh, track your Hitler speeches, it's in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and here's, here's what frightens me is... 42% of likely Iowa Republican caucus goers in a recent poll said that former President Trump's recent remarks about immigrants poisoning the blood makes them more likely to support him. Okay. So, there's that. So, I'll be winning the Iowa caucus apparently. Uh, that's really terrifying. Assuming he's on the ballot. It's not, it's a caucus, there's no ballot. No. Oh. That's right. It's a bunch of people in a gym yelling right. at each other. Yeah, exactly. In Colorado, Which is kind GOP. Of, kind of feels like the right way to run our politics these I, days. I mean, but just give them knives. Right. They, or guns. Probably no guns. Probably, Probably no guns. not allowed to have guns. That's a bit, that's a bit far. Yeah. Knives. Well, no, it's a school. Maybe just they could all be SROs or teachers. There you they go. They could all have guns. Right. The, the, the good schools. guys with guns. Right. Yeah. So the Colorado GOP said they would move to caucuses if this was upheld. So there you go. I don't understand how that. Yeah. Okay. And now, I mean, so, so does could the caucus like pick like the gym teacher as like the nominee just randomly? Is that how caucuses work? I think it kind of is. I mean, there are some rules about who you can caucus for, but I think yeah, it's pretty I loose. I don't know. Anyhow, I just can't say that word anymore without sniggering. Um, you know, what's Congress uh, doing these days? Well, you know, and here's the thing. You know, we, we've we've got spent a lot of time talking about the legal stuff and all that sort of. And so, but I feel like we really need to spend some time on what's going on in Congress because they've been doing so much. Uh, no, no, actually nothing. So, for some perspective, the do-nothing Congress, the famous do-nothing Congress that uh, existed when Truman was president, passed 906 bills over two years. This Congress, which, to be fair, has you know, only been around for their first year at this point. Um, and three speakers. And it's had <laughs> more speakers than you can... Yeah, exactly. Um, this Congress has passed 22, 22 bills. Uh, and one of them was a commemorative coin, and two of them were naming medical centers. I don't know what the other 19 things were, but uh, most of them were not that. I mean, like we did pass the the uh, funding for the military yep. because no, everybody passed. loves funding the military. Uh, but we didn't pass any funding for Ukraine. Um, yeah. 
So big I, things happening. Uh, the most action on Congressional Hill has been after dark in the Senate chambers. Giggity. Giggity. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, just go Google it. Turn on or off your safe search, depending on <laughs> what you're interested in. Uh, so I think that covers our national news. Uh, do we need to uh, take a pause, uh, grab some beverages? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So we'll be right back. Uh, please enjoy this brief sound of a beer can opening already in progress. Okay. Do you want to talk about beer? We can talk about beer. Since we just had beer. We have beer. Bought new beer. We have beer. What do you got? What are you drinking? Uh, so I started off with the, what was that? That was the pink, not pink. Looks like pink from here. Dino s'mores. <laughs> uh, got the barrel-aged dino s'mores. Yada, 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 12%. Yada, yada, 12%. Uh, and then I went to the Le Predateur, which is a farmhouse ale. And now I'm having the Eat, Pray, Mango, which is kind of similar. It's got a kind of that funk farmhouse thing that they like to do here, uh, but with some fruitier vibes with some mango and pear. And yeah, they they do. And I uh, one of the things that I always appreciate about Off Color is that it is truly a unique brewery in Chicago. Yes. It's not like anybody else. You know, Dovetail has their... You know, the German thing kind of nailed down really well. Everybody else is hazy IPAs. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, some stouts. But Off Color always has their kind of, their collection of things, right? They'll yeah, do more wild ales. Belgian do, flavor to yeah. their beers that's I, 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 sometimes literally, sometimes metaphorically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. Um, and I, you know, they, but they also do some German styles, but just with a, a different twist. And I, I, I always know when I come here, I'm going to get something that I've not tasted before. Yeah. And that's both scary to me and also great. Um, so I had beer for the top shelf, which was a, a, uh, a hockey inspired beer. But <laughs> yeah, it is. So it's a Vienna lager with maple syrup. From Southwest Michigan, nice. Which is I don't know. It's kind of nice, and it's it really quite tasty, easy to drink. And here's the other thing. Actually, let me say this about their beers. Um, we look across what they have on tap right now. They only have two, three beers above six point two percent, which is. Or 6.5%, which is pretty low for craft breweries, right? It's not this kind of world where everything's seven and a half, eight, nine and a half. Like, both of my beers have been in the fives. You know, pretty I've been, mild. you know, did the 12, did one of their 12s, yeah. did a six and a half. <laughs> so I'm yeah. writing, writing the... Uh, but the, the 12 is fine. Yes. And, uh, and now I'm onto the beer for lounging, which I really like. It's a 5% APA. It's very classic, like, just... Super easy to drink, and it's nice to sip on. Nice. Um, and maybe my favorite thing was the capybara glass with the mouse lounging on it. Yeah. Yeah, I love the, the little cartoons they have on there. Yeah. Their and beer. I also recommend, if you ever see it, the uh, beer for tacos is great. 
Yes. Uh, and the Mezcal Barrel Aged Beer for Tacos is also... I've not had that one. It is oh. excellent. Yeah. They've got it here. Take some home today. So, uh, like I said, we're at this place, Off Color Mousetrap here. It's on Kingsbury, down south of North Ave. If you went to the Whole Foods, you know, main flagship place, this would be a good place to stop by afterwards for a beer. Yeah. Or REI. You can go to REI. Go to REI. And buy a kayak. Then you can you go to the Apple here. Store. There are lots of options around here. Lots there of options many, in the There are many retail Clyburn options area. here for you. Uh, so now we've talked about our beers. We've consumed some of our beers. That may be why the podcast is slightly going off the rails now, but that's okay. Uh, we can talk about the international things because there are international things to talk about. Uh, we won't be talking about the thing because it just depresses us. But, it does. It does uh, the other thing that well, is actually also quite depressing, but uh, Ukraine... Not having a good uh, couple weeks. Uh, uh, Orban in Hungary blocked uh, EU funding for Ukraine. Um, but he did allow them to keep working towards membership. Yes. And by allow, the story is other members of the EU literally distracted him with some shiny object during the vote so he couldn't veto it. That's delightful. <laughs> Democracy, people. Uh huh. Democracy. Uh, Republicans in Congress, of course, have been blocking the funding because they need border things. I don't know. Something racist, I'm sure. Um, this is our recent Times, uh, New York Times story about um, conscription in the Ukraine and trying to force people to be in the military. And, you know, it's it's just kind of the, the sad reality of, of war and trying to fight a war of attrition and you know it's, it's there's no there's nothing good to be had here um overall the conflict seems very much like a it's just bogged down yeah. at this point neither side really gaining much and it's just a matter of you know until something changes it's just going to kind of just remain as it is which i suppose is true of literally everything that it will be the same as it is until it changes that would be the 12% well beer working towards my grand thinking well though you know one of the things there's been some reporting that putin is essentially just holding out hope that trump is going to win yeah and so he has no interest in extending his army until such time as he understands what's happening yeah. in 2024. And I think at this point, if you look at it, like Putin's playing for trying to have some sort of settlement that keeps the ground that they've gained, and then he can sort of call it good and move on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about Argentina? Yeah, that's briefly? much more. I mean, there's still a lot of bad going on, but it's at least more interesting and fun to talk yeah, exactly. about. Uh, so Javier the Chainsaw Malay who is an excellent wrestler, but also mm -hmm. the uh, leader of Argentina. In anarcho, he calls himself an anarcho-capitalist, yes. an extreme libertarian. Yes. Uh, he's now in power. Uh, this is the guy who was talking about converting Argentina to the dollar, yeah. which, interestingly, now that he's in power, he seems to be kind of slow rolling that whole plan, which... Given that Argentina already owes $31 billion to the IMF and would have to borrow another $40 billion from somewhere to convert over to the dollar, that kind of makes some sense. But that was his big campaign pledge. 
Um, I mean, amongst many. Yes. Right? So yes. on day one, he got rid of like eight of 11 ministries in Argentina. Just like, we're just getting rid of stuff. We're going to make government small. We're going to impose all these extreme austerity measures, which was met with protest that he then said, yeah, we should like shoot those protesters or find them. I don't know. What? Just get rid of them. Just get rid of them. We don't need protests. Like, yeah, um, it's going well. It's going it's well. It's going well there in Argentina. Uh, this is why you don't elect people nicknamed the chainsaw. I think yeah, that's exactly like that's a hacksaw. Many, hacksaw fine. Hacksaw fine. Takes a little longer. Hacksaw Jim Duggan totally would have elected. Him. Yeah, exactly. I Thumbs assume. up. Thumbs up. Hacksaw. But let's talk about Chicago. Like this is this is one of those things where. We're full circle after 104. I, I, I just like if you follow this podcast, you know how excited we are right now. And and like when I saw this headline come across the wire this afternoon as we're like throwing together our outline, uh, EJ, I got I got the earlier announcement about Colorado and Trump. I think that this is yours. Former alderman Ed Burke convicted. Convicted of, I don't know how many things, many things. Uh, convicted in his trial uh, specifically around all of the extortion and the racketeering that he did in his time in office. Yes. That deserves a cheers. Yes. Woo! So there were 19 counts that he was convicted of. Um, yeah, and I'm not sure exactly like what all the details of them are, but I know like some of them relate to racketeering, which is sometimes a little harder to get proven. Extortion, um, not so good for him. Um, my favorite little takeaway from this, though, is how long it took the jury to determine that he was guilty. So yeah, for nice. context for this, George Ryan, who w- used to be a governor in Illinois, took 10 days for the jury to come back and convict him. Blagojevich, famous for his f***ing golden remarks, it took 14 days. This case, Burke, 23 hours. 23 hours. Not even a whole day worth of deliberating. Now, first of all, let's just, you know, acknowledge for a moment how easy it was for us to have a few references for Illinois politicians and and how long it took their... Uh, nice of them to give us context. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> um, really, really astounding. And look, a lot of this came from things we had talked about before. Maybe my favorite of which was him trying to extort the company that owned some Burger Kings into using his law firm for tax appeals yes. if they wanted the permits. Such a Chicago crime. I mean, it just <laughs> it just is chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Yep, yep. Uh, so uh, be sentenced in June, it sounds yeah. like. He's um, facing a significant amount of jail time, yes. as you might imagine. Yes. His hat uh, was not convicted, though, so good, good for the hat. Hat got a better lawyer, is my guess. Uh, look for his hat on Twitter. That's right. That's right. Uh, so then other local news, uh, you know, we still have what's going on with the, the migrant crisis in Chicago, um, you know, and if you've been following along, it's that, you know, we've had lots of uh, uh, asylum seekers who have come to this country 
that are currently in Chicago because they were brought here from Texas and Florida. Um, Texas has now escalated this, uh, not just sending buses here, but now are flying chartered planes to drop off uh, migrants here. There's a recent plane flight that 120 passengers on board. Um, and, you know, there's not, this is not without cost. There's a recent story uh, about a, a child who died, uh, who had been in the Pilsen shelter. It's not clear why, like, I mean, it was a health-related thing, and apparently they called 911, but, uh, you know, we don't really know what exactly happened. But, you know, we're in the time of year where people have colds and flus and COVID, and they're living in shelters that are fairly cramped, you know, and so... You know, things are going to get passed around, and there's not much you can do about that. It's all um, bad. It's Yeah, it's not good. Now, one of the things I think is going to be a story to kind of follow is uh, the shelters are being run by an organization called uh, Favorite Healthcare Staffing. And they've been paid super legit. $94 million so far for, for running these centers. and Or, you know, the, the shelters, excuse me. Um, and they basically have sort of an exclusive control over those facilities. So, like, volunteers, oh, really? et cetera, are not allowed into those facilities. They, are, they have to stay outside, and only the people from this healthcare staffing agency are allowed in there. So, I mean, that may be, everything may be fine as far as it's going and how they're operating or whatever. But, like, just put a pin in it that this feels like the kind of thing that goes badly at some point. In addition to the fact that, you know, just the whole situation is problematic but yeah um highly recommend um if you're feeling generous during the holidays and want to donate there's several organizations that are trying to provide resources to these uh to the people who are here you know in terms of both you know food and shelter but also just some are doing direct financial payments to them just giving them a few bucks to get them through while you know because right now they can't work and, and things like that so uh, definitely something you can help out with and, you know, whatever you can do, you know, would help. So there's that. There is that. Look, I know we're at the end of the podcast and we're at the end of the year. I do want to just kind of drop in some breaking news here. Mm. What you got for me? Um, there is a recording, it looks like, of President Trump personally assuring uh, Board of Canvassers people in Wayne County in the great state of Michigan, hitting the mitten, as they say, um, that go ahead, break the law, we'll pay for your lawyers. <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> Subtle. Uh, Subtle. Yeah, yeah. So cool, end man. of your thoughts. End of your thoughts. End of your thoughts. I put this in here. I have no idea what to actually say necessarily, but kind of want to leave this open, you know, because usually it's like, all right, well, it's our last podcast of the year. Like, what are we feeling? What are we thinking? I don't know. Um, I'm not looking forward to next year. Uh, I'll I'll be straight up. Uh, (laughs) uh, Like, you know, maybe everything goes fairly smoothly and Trump doesn't become our forever dictator guy. And it's everything's fine, but I feel like that's probably the lower probability of everything just being fairly smooth and fine. Um, so most of my thoughts are about what does next year look like. Um, I don't know if you have any like reflecting thoughts on like how this year went. You know, the the thing that I keep thinking about is that 
we have stumbled from one big cauldron of existential dread to the next one, right? Like, oh, my God, we're it's the midterms. What's yeah. going to happen? It's going to be terrible. Um, and the midterms actually turned out worse than they should have, but still better than we thought they would. Yeah. Right now we're coming up on 2024, and we have, you know, all of these cases. We've got the judicial system being attacked and people having their lives threatened. And, it, you know, the media kind of wanting to report on all of the, the polls that show Trump very close or ahead. And him saying things like, well, we don't really need to elections and uh, people don't need to vote. We should just take care of it. Um, and and you get a little depressed and you get a little sad and um, you get a little scared. And I'm I'm hoping that we can use things honestly like the podcast to kind of buoy our spirits enough to do the work to make sure the bad things don't happen. Yeah. Um, and, you know. And to help encourage people who are like, I don't like Joe Biden because he's old and, you know, he's not doing progressive enough stuff. Maybe show them all the things that has happened in the administration, which is really astounding. And, like, that may be a good way to start 2024 is to just kind of look back and say, like, look at all the things that Joe Biden has accomplished. Yeah. Where the administration has accomplished. You may say he's old and incompetent, but at least the things he's done have worked or he's been around while they've happened and you couldn't change candidates right now. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a bummer. Like, I don't want him to be, I don't want him to run again. What are you going to do? You know, like if you, if, if Kamala Harris isn't the candidate, then you lose the black electorate. And if she is the candidate, you're never going to get the moderate electorate. Like the, you know, the, in, the, the, the sort of vaguely racist leading people. Like, well, it's, a, it's a very difficult situation yeah. to navigate. Um, as much as I'd love to see J.B. Pritzker run for president. <sighs> oh, oh, you know what I want to see? I want to see J.B. Pritzker send a commando team after Governor Abbott in Texas. That's what I want to see. It's ableist of you. What's that? That's pretty ableist of you. <laughs> That's right. You know what? I'm going to let it go. <laughs> I'll let that one slide. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm just, I feel like I want to try in this coming year to be a bit less cynical, try to be a little more optimistic in how I talk about the shit show that is currently are, I'm really not doing well to start off with, yeah. but I still have uh, a few more days before the year ends, so uh, say. We'll, we'll, we'll play for that. But uh, anyhow, I don't think I have anything else uh, deeper to talk about. Yeah. No, we're happy at the end of the year. Years. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy yeah. Holidays to everybody. Yes. Um, stay safe. You know, you know, maybe instead of champagne on that New Year's toast, get some beer from your local brewery. Support those folks; they're working hard. Don't do that, but have the beer anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's a yes and. <laughs> yeah, it's very much a yes. And. It's a yes and kind of holiday, to be honest. Uh, it, is. it is. Yes. So uh, enjoy your New Year's. Uh, stay safe. Stay safe, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to we'll you. We'll catch 24. you on, uh, in the next next election year. God help <laughs> us all. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>